This is Indian Noir. You are listening to Season 2, Episode 12 of Fear FM. After exiting Druman Baba's ashram in the middle of Naragairane forest, both Anjali and Deepa walked deeper into the wilderness. Deepa was following the intuitive knowledge granted to her by the Lalchudale in a vision. A journey that would take her to their mortal enemy's doorstep. Anjali followed Deepa with a mixture of trepidation and hope. Sure, it was a downer that they would not have assistance from the great Druman Baba. But maybe, just maybe, she could combine forces with Deepa, use the tools they had at their disposal to save her niece and the other girls. There were pressing questions, like, would the holy water and a crucifix work against the spirits? Would the Lalchudel even appear, given that they had not fulfilled their part of the bargain by not bringing the Baba along with them? Questions, doubts, fears, hope. They filled the silences between Anjali and Deepa. The forest grew darker, even though it was late afternoon and the sunlight was streaming through the leaves of tall, ancient trees. They thought they saw shadowy forms lurking in the lush foliage, spying on their every step. They thought they heard the cries of strange infernal creatures, and the muffled screams of the tortured in the distance. Narakaranya truly was the entrance to hell. The silence between them was broken by a query from Deepa. I know you're not comfortable speaking about your child, but I just wanted to know, is she okay? What made you think I would be comfortable talking about it now? Anjali said. We could die today. Do do you mind opening up to your friend at least once? Deepa said. Friend? (laughs) Mm. Anjali scoffed. You? Deepa started angrily, but her conversation was halted by the sight of a disheveled figure emerging from the forest ahead. A girl shambling forward like the shadow of something that was once alive. The dark, shadowy creatures in the foliage around them began whispering, faster, louder. Anjali, who had just mocked Deepa for calling her a friend, grabbed onto her hand. Deepa glanced at their hands clasped together. What battles are you fighting in your soul, my friend? Deepa thought. Memories cascaded out from treasure boxes, where they lay dormant for decades. Deepa was certain that they could both sense it. They didn't know what vile monstrosity was headed their way. 
they didn't know what it was capable of. Here, at the cusp of their impending doom, they remembered the special bond they once had. Deeper was convinced they would never get a chance to cherish it, that it would rot with their bodies and leach into the soil of this wretched place. They both gazed at the approaching form in terror. Anjali took the initiative to pull out a crucifix with a stake at the end of it. She handed over the bottle of holy water to Deepa. It was not the Lalchadale, or a demon conjured by her. It was a teenage girl, tired and gaunt, with parched lips and matted hair. The teenager lifted up her mournful face and tried to mouth words. Her voice came out as grunts. Then she fell into Deepa's arms. Darling, what's your name? Anjali asked, shaking her. She did this several times before she got a feeble response. Komal. Deepa and Anjali looked at each other in shock. Deepa paced around her motel room anxiously. Anjali had booked the place for her in the outskirts of the city and had asked her to stay put in the place for a while. It had been two weeks since they discovered Komal in the Narakarnia forest and their emergency call for an ambulance and the police force had resulted in a large operation where a significant portion of the Narakarnia forest was searched for signs of a cave described by both Komal and Deepa. Anjali and Deepa even took the police to the cave system that claimed Seema's life years ago. The dogs and the electronic scanners and the specialist cave explorers found nothing. But the search continued and Deepa was tired of waiting. She grew anxious by the second. What if they didn't find any evidence? What if more hours of Anjali's time was taken up by the investigation? No, 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 she said, wringing her hands. She looked in the mirror and saw a hungry person. Hungry, not for food. Her veins throbbed and ached. If only. A thought that began with two little words. She lay on the bed and pressed her face into the mattress and screamed, No! But desire crawled up her back, like an army of ants marching to feast on a dead carcass. It was too much to take. She tried ringing Anjali, but she was not answering her phone. They would find nothing of the Lalchadale. The whole thing would be rubbished as fantasies of a junkie. Komal would be tagged as a victim of an abduction gone wrong, PTSD and shock causing her to invent stories of a witch that kidnapped teenagers and ate their hearts. Deepa could hear her heartbeat growing louder. A new awareness descended on her. Anjali would leave her again, like she always did. A voice said in her head, You have no one. Your parents didn't want you. Even your not-friend doesn't want you. Deepa picked up her phone 
and found the number of a dealer. The dealer answered and asked for a password. Deba gave it to her. What are you after? The dealer asked. Everything you got, Deba said. While she had not been reinstated into her role as a senior detective, Anjali was still enjoying offering her assistance to the investigation as a consultant. The new senior detective, Balraj Thani, was a 30-year-old veteran. He was thorough, daring and considerate of the opinions that others brought to the table. Every logical opinion, that is. The supernatural theories on the table are not under consideration, Detective Anjali, he said in a matter-of-fact voice. Anjali was disappointed. But she was not going to refuse the force's help in searching parts of the forest that were not explored previously. The more eyes, the better. Every bit of effort in looking for the girls helped. But two weeks had passed. Given the failures of the police, Anjali felt that it was time to get back with Deepa, to devise a new strategy. She picked up her phone to call Deepa and saw at least 20 missed calls on there. Anjali was immersed in her work and the phone was on silent so she hadn't noticed it. Something was wrong. Anjali tried to call Deepa but there was no answer. She jumped in her car and drove to the motel she had organized for Deepa's lodgings. She ran up the stairs to the room, which was on the second floor. She knocked on the door several times, but there was no answer. She looked in through the window. Through a small gap in the curtain, she saw Deepa surrounded by blue plastic packets and at least a dozen pills. Deepa was injecting a needle into her left arm. No, Anjali said. She started kicking the door in. Deepa was not going to survive another overdose. We expect a lot from our homes. They're more than a place to hang your hat. 
They're where you try your hand at gardening and new recipes, rest and recharge, work and play. And that's why at HomeAdvisor, we're committed to keeping your home up and running. Whether you need to repair an overloaded appliance or you're looking to create a backyard retreat worthy of a summer staycation, use the HomeAdvisor app day or night and we'll find a local pro to get the job done right. Whatever you need, we'll do everything to fix your everything. Download the HomeAdvisor app today to get started.